What's up, you guys? E Squared the podcast here. Jalen Gasper coming at you again with another episode. And uh, I just want to start off by saying uh, thank you guys so much for all the support. You know, we've still continue to get. Um, this is amazing. I, I'm 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 just so elated that you know we started this podcast last year, and with that last year in April, and with that I did not know that you know this thing was just gonna keep going on and we were still gonna have support up into January this year so I thank you guys so much for that but um like I said earlier like this for the next couple of weeks is gonna be kind of leisure not as you know in-depth as it normally is just because I'm doing some stuff in my hometown and I really want to devote 100% to that but I still want to give you guys content I still want to give you guys my opinions on stuff and I basically still want to keep you know you guys up to breast because you know unbeknownst to me until this year you know the last season I really figured out that you know a lot of you guys use this podcast as your main source of information and I'm so elated to hear that you know and thank you guys so much that just means I have to stay on my shit (laughs) and I can't you know waver on that but again thank you guys so much for everything um today like I said it's gonna be just a very leisure episode um where we're basically I'm gonna just be talking about random shit that's been going on for since January that I couldn't really come comment on because we had all this shit going on with politics so yeah you if a title for this episode could be what's going on or what's been up but anyway one of the first things i just want to get to because i don't want this episode to be all about politics is just two main uh political points that you know recently happened so i'm gonna just go ahead and say them but the first one is definitely trump's nationally well, Trump's bullshit national emergency that he said that he's about to that he declared, um, and that he says that he's gonna pull money money straight from the Pentagon, straight from our militaries, and to start funding the wall, even after the Democrats compromised on a on a spending bill that had at least one billion for the wall. And so, yeah, if you guys haven't been keeping up, uh, like I said last year, um, I said last year, last episode, basically the Democrats compromised for a, 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 a bill to build physical barriers along the southern border, but only gave Trump $1.3 billion. And it's not really even a compromise when you understand that the fiscal year of 2018 had this kind of like the same bill a bill concerning like the border wall but whatever yeah so it turns out a lot of states don't fuck with it which is really surprising no it's not a lot of people do not fuck with it the consensus of america a lot of people in america do not fuck with this and basically states have already been punching in their suits to sue donald trump for implementing this national emergency now like i said in a later like a a a previous episode i think it was my government shutdown episode uh well what i said when i said that national emergencies occurred during every presidency which they do but it's never been to this magnitude and it's never been some uh something that was largely uh as controversial as this i mean you have a man who didn't win by the popular vote so didn't get elected by the people in office 
and now you have him and his shorter demographic of uh, supporters one in this wall that has like te- literally like logically it has no backing and no found like proof to why we need a wall niggas just want a wall but whatever we're not even going to talk about that but the states that are basically suing donald trump are colorado uh, new mexico new york connecticut delaware oregon virginia hawaii honolulu Illinois, pow, 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 Chicago, uh, Maine, Michigan, Maryland, Minnesota, and New Jersey. So I think that makes 16 states who are suing Donald Trump currently. Yeah, so 2020 is a big thing. Twenty, th- this. Please watch this Democratic primary because at this point, we really need this man off, out of office. And we need, most importantly, we need a progressive leader in office to push policies such as social welfare programs and to stop uh, divisive legislation or divisive executive orders like this from uh, seeing fruition. But talking about Democratic primaries and Democratic Democrats in 2020, my man Sanders finally announced his presidency. Now, I say finally very loosely because it was at at the beginning, well, not even the beginning of the year, around like you know, November after, during the midterms, basically, where, you know, people like Camilla and Corey and Gillibrand, they started, and Warren, they started hinting at their, you know, shots. I think Warren was the first one to actually, you know, make the announcement, but they started hinting out their presidential announcements. While, you know, Bernie Sanders, you know, he was saying this type of rhetoric, like, if there's nobody good enough or if there's nobody who can beat Trump, I'll win, I'll, I'll run again or something like that. But we didn't have a device, I said device, decisive answer from Bernie. And around like January, we kind of understood that, okay, yeah, Sanders, <laughs> Sanders is definitely going to run again. He He's not a quitter. We definitely see him running again. And last night, actually, I got the notification this morning. Uh, this morning, so I don't know if he made the announcement this morning or not, but I I I follow all the political <laughs> news sites. I follow Bernie Sanders himself on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm telling you, I seen all these notifications from this morning. So very early to do an announcement, but he finally announced that he's running for presidency, and everybody is geeked. All millennials are geeked because. You know, this was the guy who should have ran. You know, this is the guy who, and and I'm not saying that. You know, and I'm not. This is not a Hillary Black, a Hillary, a Hillary Clinton bash, bash, bashing session. It's not. I'm not trying to bash our Joan or uh, roast Hillary Clinton in this episode. I'm just saying what 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 the main. Uh, the main narrative was is that this guy Sanders was the guy who was supposed to one run against Trump and lose. He, I mean, win. He was supposed. To, he was the only guy who could beat Trump in twenty sixteen. You know, and that was that narrative has carried throughout the twenty eighteen election. It has carried so much that Sanders' platform that he lost with in the twenty sixteen primary has not only been the backbone for twenty twenty candidates in this, you know, cycle that's coming up, but inspired in a lot of 2018 Dems and a lot of 2018 Dems won off of Bernie Sanders' campaign platform in 2016. So this is the guy. This is like, 
if if you weren't to paint a paint a picture for a, a, what how Sanders plays a role in the Democratic primary, I mean, this guy is it. This guy is like the Beerus to like Goku's. This guy is like the legend above above legends. He's like the Saint Seiya or like. <laughs> the the Superman well, not not the Superman I'll say the Batman of politics of definitely of the Democratic primary and I and instead of Batman I'll say Spider Man just because of the narrative that he has you know Spider Man is not you know nowhere near as strong as Superman or people like you know Doomsday but he has such a great following because of his narrative. And a lot of people and a lot of superheroes are built off of Spider-Man's narrative because of it. But uh, I say all that to say this. Bernie is the man. What should we expect? Uh, some things uh, we, we just, as Bernie supporters, we have to... as Well, not as Bernie supporters because I don't want to make this a Bernie or a bus thing. Again, this is not a Hillary Clinton bad session. But... Us as Democratic uh, voters, us as Democrat voters, we have to understand there's there's a couple things. Uh, if Ber- if you want Bernie in the seat, if you want Bernie to go against Trump, if you feel like Bernie is the man we need in office, there's just a couple things that we kind of have to worry about. And that's just basically the expectations. Uh, going into this one, like, Bernie is not he he is not who he was in 2016 see in 2016 he was like the underdog he was like this you know cat this this he was like cap more like captain america than spider he was just this underdog who people didn't really understand people didn't really know even though he had a whole history of being a civil rights activist a whole history of promoting social reform and uh redistribution of uh, wealth whole history of it before 2016 when he was an independent but you know he really shaked the democratic base and he got the democrats to lean more left being an independent than any democrat has even obama like obama didn't lean as left as this man so in this one though in this election in 2020 in 2016 he was an underdog in 2020 bro this guy is already shaping up to be something of a god just because he has molded and shaped democratic platforms across the country like you know a lot of there's a lot of raise and up a, a, a lot of praise going against going for AOC Alexandra uh, uh Cortez but main thing what people have to understand and a lot of people know is that her platform was shaped by Bernie Sanders so having such a high damn near golly expectation Compared to being this underdog in 2016, how will that affect Sanders? To be honest, I don't know. Um, of course, the polling already has him right behind Biden if, if Biden would decide to run. So all the people who cast their ballots or cast their uh, uh, or made their announcements now, they are a burden is ahead of them all. He's ahead of them all in the polls. And so how will this hurt or, or help Bernie? I feel like it could do both. Uh, like I said, you know, what one thing he has going for him is that he could pull the 
I did it first card. And basically, it, it's, you know, all you guys are clones and stormtroopers of me. All you guys are, you know, just shadow clone jutsus of what I'm at, what I actually am. So, you know, we can benefit that. But um, will that take him far? No. But I, it, would, it is a great head start, as we're seeing in the polls. Um, one of the main things that's just going to be a hindrance to Bernie, I feel like, it, it is, is his age. But we'll get back into that a little later. But, yeah, very high expectations. It can either help him or, or, help him or hurt him. Uh, again, I feel like it's going to help him more because it's going to give him that head start once we start seeing polling. Uh, and not even polling, but once we start getting to, like, you know, right before the Caucasus, and we could see polls, uh, how polling is going there. But uh, another thing, uh, only way it could really hurt him is that, you know, with more power comes more scrutiny, right? More, you know, fame comes more scrutiny. So now his his platform is open. Like uh, Bernie Sanders being an independent, uh, he voted. Well, I, I wouldn't say Guy has had like an A rating from the NRA, because uh, that that would be a total lie. But you know, a lot of Democrats or uh, Democratic senators, some of his colleagues, they have had a shorter term uh, in politics, or at least in the House, so they can have a very liberal voting, have a way more liberal voting record than Bernie Sanders can, just because as an independent, Sanders did vote for you know a lot of pro, not a lot of, but some pro gun legislation, and but. I mean, it's it's it it was fucking nineties, but I mean, still, I, you know, in politics, historical context does not count if you're talking to your opponent. So this shit is gonna be getting pulled up constantly. You know, uh, people like Camilla, uh, people people like Corey, definitely Elizabeth Warren. You know, they they'll always be able to pull that. You know. Hey, I, I got more liberal vote, vote record than you. Uh, I'm that guy. I'm the liberal candidate. And so, but again, I feel like that won't, the scrutiny, that scrutiny really won't hurt him as much because, again, the natural, the average Democratic voter does not know the voting record of each uh, elected official turned president. Like, we, we, no, we have no idea, uh, us as average voters have no idea about that. Now, of course, uh, when we start, you know, actually researching things and we keep up to date and hold these, hold, hold, hold the people who serve us accountable, you do have some people who understand, some intellectuals who do know, but... Again, for the average voter, all they're looking at is how Bernie basically pushed the party more left. They're not looking at the fact that, you know, as an independent, he he's not really like a liberal liberal. He's more of a socialist, socialist than a liberal. But, I mean... It, I don't ever I don't even feel like that's going to be a benefactor if he, the fact he was a democrat or not cuz you know a lot of people are even saying that uh but is this is this going to be a big deal if he's you know because basically he's only a democrat when it's time for president time you know every time he runs for senate he's an independent yeah he's an independent you know his party affiliation is an independent but he's always considered himself a democratic socialist you know the guy <laughs> he's not a libertarian you know he's not you know 
a guy who believes in laissez-faire politics. No, this is not Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is independent because he leans more left than the Democratic Party, not because he's in the middle. And I feel like that's a lot of things people, that that's a, a big misconception that people uh, don't really understand is that, you know, just because somebody is an independent party affiliate doesn't mean that they are cohesive with other independents. Like, independent is not even a party affiliation. Like, it's not really, to be honest. It's it's uh, Independent is just basically saying, look, I am not running on any party's platform. You know, I, I'm not, you know, in any particular party. I'm not a Republican, not a Democrat, not a Libertarian. I'm running on my platform. And that's what independent means. A lot of people means uh, think independent means in the middle. Like, uh, a person who's in the middle, a person who's a modest Democrat, uh, who, yeah, but that's not the case. If you want to know what political ideology is in the middle, you know, go more to like a libertarian. A libertarian is, is more in the middle of a Republican and a Democrat, not an independent. Um, but what can hurt Bernie Sanders in this? And even, you know, his, uh, his, uh, his second running man, if he decides to end, uh, run uh, Beto O'Rourke, what's going to really hurt Bernie Sanders even more is probably identity politics. Now, identity politics, you know, haven't really played much of a a, a, a huge scale. Uh, no scratch of that. Identity politics for Republicans have played on a huge scale for a millennia now. That's why we have the same Republican president uh, that's why, you know, we when you look at the Republican House of Congress, they do not look different, you know. <laughs> they, they, all, they all look like shadow clone jutsus, like I was saying earlier. You know, all Republicans damn near look alike, you know. So if anybody practices identity politics, it would be, you know, the Republicans. But, you know, a lot of Democrats fear that, you know, if we have another 77-year-old white man, you know, it's is it actual representation to the demographic of democratic voters and like yes you know i always i i never want people to refuse representation with identity politics you know representation is just basically having people in congress who look out for you and actually serve you and actually care for you you know identity it it doesn't have to do with someone's social identity if they're black if they're um uh, if they're hispanic if they're gay it, you know somebody could it, you can have a straight white jewish man who is pro social reform who is pro lgbtq community who is uh pro healthcare for all and you know he doesn't have to have an ounce of black in him so it it, it and, and and it becomes very divisive when we practice these identity politics because what you got to consider is if you're making your decision based off of a skin color or based off of one merit of social identity you know you're not looking into that person's entire platform so when that if you end up voting for that person and that person wins and they do something that you disagree with well and you find out that they voted for that same thing in the past, then you're like, oh, wow, I shouldn't have voted for that person. So, yeah, I, identity politics will play a huge part at the beginning of the primary when it comes to the Iowa caucuses because, you know, it's it's just... It, 
I don't know like why, but it's just the landscape of the world. You know, it's the landscape of politics right now. You know, ever since you know Barack Obama became the first black president, you know, the Democratic Party's you know tool to get people to vote uh, has been you know diversity. So I understand why a lot of Democratic voters, you know, want to continue that diversity and even push it to the White House. But, you know, right now for a lot of, you know, socialist uh, left leaning uh, liberals, they they would pick Bernie over any Democratic candidate. And then like I can't, you know, argue them down to why they feel like that, because, I mean, it, it's a just decision, you know, but. Yeah, it it it's going to play a big part like right before the IO caucuses uh because Camilla Harris out here got to explain why she black for some reason. Uh it is just so funny how she has to explain her black heritage. But literally during in you know the slave period, during chattel slavery and be actually this was past chattel slavery, you know, early Jim Crow laws you it was the one blood one uh black drop rule uh the one drop rule which basically instituted that if you were one if you had a drop of black in you then you were black now of course this was based off of immediate genetics such as like your father mother grandfather and grandfather because those idiots didn't know back back then that everybody has a drop of black in them like everybody like even you, the person that's watching this, you know, podcast, if you're not black, you have a drop of black in you. If you look at your DNA, you'll see that you do. But anyway, yeah, it was the one uh, drop rule basically to where like if you had any just a drop of black in you, you were black. So, you know, now today it's like, OK, if you just got a drop of black with you, you got to prove that you're black. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's just funny to me. But yeah, identity politics are not, hopefully they won't, you know, take, you know, over once the primaries start getting, like, get started. But all this preliminary talk, best believe we're going to hear about identity politics a lot. Um, so yeah, uh, Grammys was crazy. Like, the Grammys... No, I'm playing, bro. The Grammys are rigged, and it's a shitty award show for anybody who wants to go watch it. But yeah, basically, we're going to be talking about the Grammys uh, to wrap this episode up. This was really the last thing I wanted to talk about um, because I, even, I was pleased because it was a way better year than last year. Um, but I, I'm disappointed because there's just one thing I'll never understand, but... Basically, a couple winners from the Grammys. We have Casey Musgraves. Uh, she basically won, I think it was four Grammy nominations. One of the one in those Grammy awards being uh, best album of the year. She won over Cardi, uh, Lady Gaga, in in the Carters, and in Drake and Scorpion. And so, yeah, she's basically a country singer who's a, a really strong LGBTQ advocate. That's why I really like her. She's a really strong LGBTQ ag- advocate. And she's been a strong advocate, you know, since 2013, before it was legalized for, you know, gay people to have the right to marry. So she's she's been on her stuff. And, it, and I really appreciate her more because she comes from a very conservative background, as in a very conservative state. And, you know, the more she grew up, she just did away with that bad mentality and that bad ideology. And I like when I see people like that because it lets me know that nobody is born socially aware. You know, 
you know, due to our environment, we can have very, very hateful, like, views towards certain demographics of people. So, I just respect her on all levels. Shouts out to her. This year was really the year of the women. Uh, Cardi B, of course, took over, took home rap album of the year. But before we talk about that, we got to talk about the the glass shattering Childish Gambino, who took home, who was the first African American hip hop artist to take home record of the year and song of the year, which is dope. Shouts out to my man Childish Gambino for This Is America. Uh, again, I never really got why this song one I, I don't want to sound like a Gambino hater because I am a Gambino stan I stand Gambino okay but I just never understood like guy really just said this was a this is America like 52 times and it became the best song ever but of course the video was great so I'm just saying you know say this is America 52 times throwing some like two lines of deep shit and you'll get the best record of the year but you have to be black okay so uh going back to cardi b uh yeah so cardi b she she did her thing man and and she won best rap album and a lot of people didn't like that but it was well deserving um at the end of the day there's no reason for you to say you can always say why you you in you can always debate your musical preferences and say what art what album was musically better uh or music more musically proficient uh and and we can have that debate for days and and you can have your musical preferences and you can feel that there was somebody else in that category who made a better album but when it comes down to if she deserved the award or not you nobody can say she didn't you know a lot of people try to peg her for not writing her own material or her old content you know beyonce doesn't write her own content you know <laughs> you know so it's like you know you know you be pegging her dua lipa doesn't write her own content you know and she was a two two uh grammy uh award winner last night she won two grammys so you know i feel like and it's understandable why people kind of peg rappers for it because, I mean, starting off in rap, you know, it was perceived that you write your rhymes and they come for the heart, and which was dope. But, you know, that's not was always true. Like, you know, throughout history and throughout rap history, um, uh, more importantly, you've always had teams of writers. You know, you always had people um, who kind of helped molded your sound and kind of like you know, took you to that direction. Now, even if you didn't have, now, a lot, I'm not saying that people had, like, teams of writers who would write full songs, but then again, I'm not saying Cardi has that, you know, just because you have somebody, people accredited on the song, they can literally write anything that they wanted to. So, uh, Cardi does deserve it, man, regardless what you guys say. She put in the work. She managed to be relevant for a whole year before our album dropped. I mean, it, it's just, you know, I understand when people talk about, like, artistry and how, like, you know, artistry, sh artistry should be put before, you know, stardom or, like, mainstream talent. And then I feel that. I feel like I understand when it comes to proficiency because, I mean, a lot of mainstream artists, since they're mainstream and they appeal to, like, a large, a huge demographic of fans or a huge audience... I feel like they have to make cookie cutter music at times and cookie cutter music is basically music that it's easily digestible to almost anyone. 
And so instead of making these deep projects, uh, heavier music, heavy and lyrical content, uh, just just very well structured in the you know, I feel like we. When 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 we talk about artists who are more proficient, you know, it's not necessarily uh underground artists are better than mainstream artists thing. You know, proficiency is a whole different scale. You know, when we, it's not judged by how famous you are. But in saying that, you know, it's it it, it in saying all of that, just as it is is it's a talent to be proficient in music or proficient in your art. It's a talent, yeah, well, it's a, it's a skill and it's a work ethic that, that it takes to become famous. Definitely, if you're a minority in uh, a society, you know, we, we have to remember, like, Cardi came from stripping to loving hip-hop to Instagram star to rap star and, well, rap single star with Bodak Yellow and then continued to push her relevancy for a whole nother year and then drop her album and then outsell Nicki Minaj at that, you know, and, and it's like they weren't pitted up against each other, but she just had I think Cardi sold five hundred thousand the first week and Nicki only moved one hundred and ninety two units the first week. One hundred and ninety two thousand units the first week. So yeah, she deserves the work because she she's been working hard, bro. So you know, I understand she's not the best rapper out there. I get that. She's not the best female rapper. I get that, bro. But just for a second, leave your 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 uh, critiques and your elitist mindset, your elitist music mindsets, you fucking Mozart, you fucking Beethoven. Shut the fuck up for once and just clap for a girl who's worked really hard, okay? Okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, what else happened at the Grammy shit? Oh, like I said, Dua Lipa, she won some awards. And Dua Lipa, she's a pop artist, if you guys don't know. Uh, she was responsible for that one kiss joint with Kevin Harris. and uh, But she basically won both of her awards in uh, Electricity, I believe. And that's basically a song by Diplo. And well, Silk City. I think that's in Silk City encompasses Diplo and Mark Ronson. And if you don't listen to pop, you have no idea what I just said. So yeah, next topic. Lady Gaga. She ended up winning two uh, Grammys too for for her. Uh, I think one was for Shallow, um, for A Star Is Born, and I think the other one was from her Joanne album. Oh, but I mean, I, or both of them was for a Joanne album. Regardless, she deserves it. She did, did, She really deserves it. Lady Gaga is another pop artist I'm a fan of. But again, if you guys don't know who Lady Gaga is, you have no fucking idea what I just said. But <laughs> um, the biggest, what I liked about the Grammys this year was that it was literally the year of the woman. And it's great because we were coming off of last year when there a woman didn't win any award right so it was like it wasn't the year of the woman at all it was the year where the woman was absent and you know a lot of people hated the grammys for that because it was like you know SZA was a nominator for five awards she was nominated for five and she didn't get one she lost best new artist to Alyssa Alyssa Cario or whoever the fuck that like like oh my god it was just so terrible so then this year you had, and then I think Lady Gaga fucking lost to Ed Sheeran. No, not Lady Gaga. Lord lost to Ed Sheeran, bro, with Melodrama. But, bruh. But, 
regardless, uh, this year was way better. This year they they changed that shit. They they said nah, bro, we 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 not gonna let that happen anymore. So this year they just decided to give the women everything, which I, I I'm in love with. I, I like the idea. I like the idea. I mean, in certain categories, I probably would have picked different winners just because I base my rubric totally different from the Grammys. Like, like you know, when we was talking about earlier, you know, I kind of base my rubric off of music proficiency and, of course, a little bit of my preference in there. But so, like, for, like, best rap album, I would have definitely had self-care, uh, swimming pools in there. Uh, did that, But that's just me. Uh, you know, Mac album, Mac Miller's project, you know, our rest in peace to him. Uh, I would definitely have... I would I would have definitely chose that over Cardi, but again I understand why Cardi won. I kind of expected Cardi to win, uh, just because of the year she had. Uh, but yeah, I so but I feel like the Grammys from last year did take a step into the right direct di- direction. Uh, but one of my main things and one of my main critiques of the Grammys are you know I never understand how. Black artists such as Drake, you know, Beyonce, you know, even Jay-Z, you know, being with Beyonce, the, the Carters, uh, but specifically artists like Drake, you know, artists like Drake who purposely make pop songs, right, who purposely make pop joints, who purposely destroys the pop charts soon as he drops an album, but when it comes time for the Grammys to come, He's not nominated for a pop album. And for me, it it, it, it kind of just shows that when people make sort of categories like urban contemporary and put all the black artists who destroyed the pop charts, uh, in our, all the black and indie artists who really destroyed the pop charts, and instead of putting them in the pop category and having people like Ariana Grande win, it, it shows it, it's it's a little bit disrespectful. And I can see why Drake kind of went to the Grammys with a disdain, uh, because of that. You know, I, I because of that, because of that simple fact. You know, that it, it, it's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous that you know. This guy can have Kiki, are you writing in my feelings, right? He could drop that in, drop that, and it it's not nominated for a pop album, uh, for a pop song, even though it was destroying pop charts. Same thing for God's Plan, and I already know the critiques I'm gonna get from for for this platform. Some of the critiques are gonna be like, well, I mean. Drake might make pop music and mainstream music, but at the end of the day, he's a rapper, so he will always be nominated for rap songs. And no, bro, that's completely BS because we are in a space to where like music is is transcending. Music is out. Out. Let me not say transcending, but it's it, it transfers, and and by by it transfers, I kind of mean that. Since hip hip hop is the number one genre of music, and it's always been like this for the number one genre for music, mainstream artists in multiple genres of music, not in hip hop, but in pop, in EDM, in reggaeton, 
it all these genres of music, you know, copy elements of hip hop. And when they copy these elements of hip hop, they are then still nominated for a pop award. And they still win off of that merit. Like Ariana Grande, I love Ariana Grande to death. Great vocalist. She and he, she's destroying, you know, shit in pop right now. But that last album she just dropped, amazing. Oh, but besides it being amazing, it had multiple songs that had hip-hop elements to them. It had multiple songs that had, more specifically, that trap music element to it. Songs like Seven Rings, songs like Bloodline, you know, songs like Bad Ideas, songs like Even Break Up With Your Girlfriend had, like, these hints of trap uh, melody, trap accompaniments to them because trap music is what's hot right now. So if artists can win an awards making other genres of music, why can't Drake win another genres uh, win these awards as well? And I that's what I'm I, and that's what always bothers me. And it's not only Drake; it's also people like Beyonce. You know, it's also people like, you know, uh, Dram when he had the cha-cha slide bit, you know, it's, I just feel like, you know, black people cannot win pop awards at the Grammys and that's complete BS. And that's why I've I've, I've been boycotting the Grammys. That's one of the reasons I've been boycotting the Grammys. Um, But I would say, you know, the Grammys, they did their thing, man. They, They did their thing this year as into where, you know, they didn't make people mad. You know, I think the only thing that kind of got people kind of mad was, you know, the fact that if if you you had an idea of Mac Miller wasn't not going to win, you know, you know, kind of like just inviting his family out and then kind of like and then at the time when Mac Miller was 68 uh, percent uh, in leading the polls for the award it's like, yeah, man, come on, Grammys like, you know. He didn't have to do that. But, I mean, a lot of people would have been like, you know, oh, if they weren't invited, I I can see people saying like, oh, wow, how are you going to nominate Mac for something and not bring in his people? So it's kind of like the thing of like, yeah, you know, kind of like testing hypotheticals to see if people just really mad at being mad. But (laughs) being mad because, you know, it's cool to be mad and it's cool to say F the establishment. But, uh... I don't know, man. Hopefully, you know, the Grammys are are gonna start working towards that. Um, Since black people, specifically black artists like Drake are starting to not only, you you know, be great superstars in the hip hop game, but also they're breaking and, you know, absolutely shitting on pop charts. So, yeah, I mean, but besides that, I guess the Grammys were cool, but uh, that's, uh, really all we have today, um, again, I was trying to make this episode short, this episode (laughs) ended up being 40 minutes, but thank you guys so much, um, for everything, for all the support again, uh, that you guys give me for this podcast, and it really means a lot, and trust me, I will pay you guys back, you know, in April, I want, I want to do something big, man, I want to do something, because, even after we came back this season and you know you know you guys who still stuck with me you know it, it's just amazing it's just amazing you know it, it kind of warms my heart to like still 
make episodes and still see people are viewing them and still see people are listening. And so thank you guys so much. Um, even when I make, you know, stupid, uh, sporadic, off-the-dome episodes like this. Um, and I really just literally make episodes like this because it's like, hey, I don't have a formatted episode to give you guys today, but you guys give me your support all the time. So I'm going to make sure, even if I don't have formatted episodes, I'm going to still flesh out that content for you guys because that's just how much I love you guys for supporting me and and. and and just supporting this podcast and supporting the podcast's vision. And I just really ask for you guys to stick with me in this journey that we have uh, together and for change. And thank you guys so much. And I'm going to end off right there before I start crying and start doing that uh, that lovey-dovey shit. But <laughs> thank you guys so much. Remember, follow us at e to the Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's uh, at E2ThePodcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any questions, suggestions about the podcast, just hit us up from any of the social media uh, sites. And also, if you wanted to be a part of the show, just hit us up as well. We we love having new people on the show. Uh, but uh, thank you guys so much. And this is me signing off.